Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sufferfest, the beer with benefits. Sufferfest was founded only a few years ago in San Francisco, and it directly positioned itself for the athlete market, particularly for runners. Its hashtag is Will Sweat for Beer, and they have five beer styles. One in particular is called FKT, which pertains to us. It has a touch of salt and black currants. You ought to check it out. And they sponsored four of our podcasts, this being the fourth. So if anyone else wants to sign on and support what you've been listening to, please give us a call. We'd be happy to hear from you. For this podcast, boy, we got a very special guest. We have Mike Wardian. Welcome, Mike. Hey, man. So good to be on. It's nice to uh, get a chance to talk to you. Yeah. And of course, you just finished the Israel National Trail, which is just this massive, massive project. You just finished it a few days ago. And this yes. is over 1,000 kilometers long. Yep. You did it in a little over 10 days. I know, man. Yeah, it was crazy. I think it's around 1,016 kilometers, so about uh, 631 miles, and I think around 66, 67,000 feet of uh, elevation gain. And then um, it's, which doesn't sound so bad, but then you add in route finding, um, floods, uh, I don't know, plagues of locusts and everything else that was happening. And uh, it was, it was definitely um, a big challenge. Plagues of locusts. That's somewhat biblical. Is this a figure <laughs> of speech or? <laughs> no, it was definitely a figure of speech, but it was, okay. it was, it was interesting. I mean, there was, Every day there was, um, you know, something that uh, was unexpected and, and un, uh, unheard of before. You know, we had um, mud on sections that hadn't been muddy before and, and um, hailstorms in the desert and just, you know, random stuff that, um, you know, you look at the profile each day and you're thinking, oh, this is pretty straightforward. And then, you know, you get a curveball. Classic multi-day FKT action. <laughs> And speaking of unexpected, let's just check in about you real briefly. Normally, we do a quick bio, and I say, so-and-so has done you know, these three or four famous races. But on Ultra sign-up, we see 107 races done by you in the last 11 years. 107 is a lot. And uh, you have a And those marathon. are just the ultras. Those are just the ultras, right. That's, this is just the highlights. Okay. And you have a marathon PR of two hours, 17 minutes and 49 seconds. So you're a quick guy as well. Yes, sir. So this is an interesting one. So you made your road marathoner, moved into ultras. Now you've moved into FKTs. So that, yep. that's, that's solid leg speed. So you have to ask why the Israel national trail? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it goes back to um, the, I did a race called the Coastal Challenge. Um, I've done it three times. Uh, the last time was 2018, and I met a Israeli guy uh, there named Zoli. He convinced me to to give it a go. He said, "Hey, I did this um, this incredible trail. Like the it's basically a, a based off the Appalachian Trail, um, and it's a." cross um country trail um of israel it runs uh north to south or south to north depending which way you do it exactly like the Nash, uh, appalachian trail it was um 
designed by a guy that had completed the Appalachian Trail and was inspired to do something similar in Israel. Uh, and it showcases um, a lot of the different uh, environments within Israel. So there's really kind of three main areas um, in Israel. There's the desert in the south. In the middle is um, what they call like the water or the Mediterranean part. And then in the north is um, they actually have snow in Israel, which I didn't know. So like they have this mountain section. Um, so you get to kind of see all of that within, you know, relatively short amount of time compared to like doing something like the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Coast Trail or the Continental Divide or um, one of those kind of longer day things. And it was something that we looked at together and we thought, wow, you know, if we could average about 100 kilometers a day, we could do it in about 10 days. And um, it was a kind of audacious goal. Um, and for me, it was a lot bigger than anything I'd ever done. Uh, leading up to this point. And so it it, it kind of ticked a lot of boxes because it's something that, um, as you know, I have been doing more FKTs. Like last summer, I did a 300-kilometer trail here in the D.C. area uh, in one push and set uh, FKT and broke a record from like 1976. That's um, the uh, C&O Canal towpath. Correct. Yep. And then uh, just before I left for Israel, I broke a FKT on the uh, WOND trail, which is about 72 kilometers or about 45 miles or so. Uh, it's about 400 meters from my house where I'm sitting right now. But it's a it's a bike path that I've always wanted to run. And uh, I've been inspired by this FKT um, movement and just seeing like how it's grown, but also uh, I think there's so much freedom involved with it. You can do it, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon if you want, or you could, um, you know, set it up to do it with a group of people. And uh, what I've been so inspired by is it's a chance to kind of engage the community. So each of the uh, events that I've done, the FKTs, like um, the DC running community has come out for the first two since they were local here. And then uh, we were able to really engage the Israeli running community and we had, you know, at various points, I'd say I probably did about 50 group runs with people like people. There was like a FKT Israel um, Facebook page that had about a thousand members. And then uh, WhatsApp is a really popular um, messaging app around the world. There are big groups there where people could coordinate pacing. And um, so, you know, at any one time during the, the trail, like I had a lot of people out and you got a lot to talk about here with the Israel National Trail. That's, those are yeah. terrific reasons. I like the engage the community aspect. And let me oh know. Let me know that sure. anyone listening in, go to fastestknowntime.com, obviously the website. And right in the yep. front page, there's a feature on your effort, and it gives everything right there, which is a really helpful map, and it tracks your progress day one, day two, day three. And yep. there's very good photos by Ian Corliss as well. Yeah, it's amazing. He did such a good job kind of documenting what we were going through each day um, and then also kind of showcasing the landscape and, and really bringing it to life because you can talk about it, but, you know, it's the cliche, right? A picture is worth a thousand words. And if you have someone that's really um, incredible at their craft, they can bring out some of those features that you want to showcase. And, um, you know, there's <laughs> epic climbs and like, you know, we're scaling cliffs and via Ferrata type stuff. And then, you know, the next day <laughs> there was a 50 K basically where you're running between two firing ranges. Um, 
And so there's a picture of me like running right in front of a tank, you know, and then uh, the next day, you know, you're in a canyon up to your waist in water and, you know, having to, you know, basically put all your stuff in a dry bag so that you don't um, ruin <laughs> ruin your phone and the ability to kind of track where you're going. Um, Ian, Ian did a great job with that as well as you did. So in a way, there's four zones. You ran completely across the country, south to north. <laughs> Again, go to the website yeah. because that way you can see the map. You ran through yeah. the desert, the sea coast, and the mountains of the north, as well as the firing range. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it was funny because we actually had to, um, well, I guess not funny or funny, depending on how you look at it, but we had to start later that day because they were, uh, we were planning to start at like 545 in the morning and they were doing live firing. So as I'm running by, it sounds like thunderclaps, you know, they're, practicing uh military movements right right there and so if you stray you know too far uh from one side or the other you're you're within the firing range so you have to be super careful about where you're you know putting your feet and really stay on top of where you're going yeah that's almost worst uh maybe it's the modern day <laughs> locust plague right well actually, i was uh, going to ask you that so a lot of times on big FKTs like this, we like to do real-time tracking. We did not do that this time. Is, was there a security concern, or how did that work out on your end? Yeah, exactly. So I, I was doing live tracking, but I was kind of keeping it low-key. Um, and uh, uh, one of the big reasons for that is um, the, they don't like um, people to to be able to know where everybody is um and they use a lot of the same frequencies it sounds like so um we had to be cognizant of that so there were actually quite a few rules that we had to kind of abide by to um, be able to achieve this and, and that was one of them was you know just kind of keeping that um discreet and then the other was uh, you're not allowed to travel in national parks um at night in israel um mm -hmm. and it, that's something that you know, we don't really have that parameter or uh, restriction here in the U.S., um, but that's something that they, they take pretty seriously there. So there are a couple of nights where, you know, I could have pushed on and, and I had to stop. And, um, but, you know, that's just something that we wanted to be really mindful of. Dark zone. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is interesting. So National Geographic rated this trail as one of the 20 best epic hiking trails in the world. As it happens, I had not heard of it. So oh, cool. How, yeah, no, so you, you just like this FKT action works like this. I had never even heard of this. Many people probably did not. Now I have heard about it. So can you recommend this? Is it, or is the bureaucracy too difficult? Or is it totally worth it for anyone? How do you rate this? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I've been lucky. Um, and I know you've been to a lot of great places. But yeah, this is uh by far one of the coolest experiences i've ever had i i would i would rate israel as far as like a destination well worth going to and i kind of had the same reservations that a lot of people especially coming from where we are here in the states where you see a lot of the news and even today there's you know kind of troubling news going on with like rocket strikes and um and retaliation between hamas and gaza and uh, the Israeli security forces. And um, when you're there, it's just not even a thing, man. Like, it's just um, interesting. Yeah, it's it's like the people, uh, especially the Israeli people um, that I, that I was, you know, able to hang out with and and be able to uh, 
kind of engage with. It's it's just part of their life. And, you know, it's it's something that nobody really um, it doesn't it doesn't detract from what they're trying to do. And so it doesn't really detract from the experience, if that makes sense. So you just kind of are doing your thing and um, there's not like no one's really worried. It's not um, it's just not a big deal, which seems you're not looking over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. It seems kind of doesn't make sense, but it's just not it's just not a thing. It's not like um, I don't know if you remember if you were in Boston when the the bombing went off, but everybody was looking at everybody else like you know, is that the bad guy? And, and it, it doesn't have that feel at all. It's just kind of like, yeah, that stuff happens, but it, it, we're not worried about it. And it's not going to detract from what we're trying to do here with our lives. And, um, and I definitely don't think it detracts from the beauty of the trail and the trail, I'd say, um, the amount of magnificent beauty that you see and diversity on the trail is second to none anywhere I've seen in the world. Like you have uh, it's probably one of the best deserts I've ever been in as far as like the scope of it and the size, but also like the topography, the challenging terrain, uh, and also the interesting like um, flora and fauna. And we were actually pretty lucky because they actually got a lot of rain. So the desert was in bloom while we were there, which was magnificent. So there's desert flowers, like wildflowers all over um and then you have like the you know just the epic climbs and the vastness that is the desert um well of course it, uh, the desert you're talking about has history I mean, that's this oh is, yeah yeah for sure for sure uh and and it was really cool too because i got to run with a lot of israeli guys and some of the guys uh and girls you know spent you know they were planning to spend maybe i don't know one segment with me which was maybe an hour or two hours uh, but other people spent like entire days with me. So like I had this guy, Jerome, who uh, ran 125 kilometers um, in one day with me. So he it was his longest run ever as far as distance. And then also his long his slowest run ever because we were moving so slow at the end. But um, but it but it was really cool. So he got to like catch me up on the history of the landscape also. So like. I learned all about Judaism um, as far as like the history of it and the scope of it from the very, very beginning um, all the way through until, you know, the, the creation of modern Israel. So like um, wow. it was it was a it was an incredible chance to to learn about not just the the trail itself, but also a little bit of the history of the land and, and the people. And then you the sure? trail takes you takes you not just through um you know, wilderness, but you're also traversing towns and cities. And so you're, you're, you know, you're running through a lot of the historical sites. Like you spend basically like a day and a half in the hills around Jerusalem. And so you get a lot of the flavor for that part and you're running over the Carmel and then you run by the Sea of Galilee. So um, I was, I was climbing the mountains uh, away from the Sea of Galilee you know, and it was a beautiful full moon shining down on the sea. And we're like, you know, um, that was not a national park. So we could move at night through there. And, um, you know, it's just unbelievably stunning. And then you think like, wow, these are the same trails and um, hills that, you know, people from biblical times were, um, were, were exploring also. And then 
at various points you're seeing shepherds that are still out there doing stuff from the time of the Bible. And you're like, wow, like as much as right. stuff changes, it still stays the same. Right. You're, you're, you're about ready to see some big bright star rise in the East or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was, it was super powerful. Yeah. Wow. Good call, Mike. And you uh, said right off the, the start here, engaging community. You've done you know thousands of races maybe, but FKTs do engage the community because you're required to learn about the land that you're tra traveling through. And particularly exactly. in this case, since I don't, you'd probably never been to Israel prior, had you? Actually, um, so one of the things I did ahead of time was in December of uh, 2018, I did a recce on the, and so like you're saying, learning about what you're going to be facing, right? So um, I, you know, looked at books and, and looked online and actually Google um, sent somebody with like a 50 pound pack. So you can almost see the entire trail if you were so inclined. Um, but what I wanted to do was um, go to Israel because I hadn't been and just make sure it was, you know, what Zoli and the team had told me it was. And so we did a race there called the Hyrus Ultra Marathon, which was a 80 kilometer race in the mountains around Jerusalem. And actually some of it piggybacks on the course that I was going to, the Israeli National Trail. Um, so I, I did that race. And then from there, we went south and checked out some of the kind of more trickier parts um, of the Israeli National Trail. So I did like about eight day recce um, and race uh, in December to kind of get a feel for Israel. And I also wanted to see, as you know, like with any FKT, you're uh, especially like a multiple day where you're thinking of being out there for 10 days. I wanted to kind of um, since I have traveled so much around the world, like there's some places like uh, where I go that I've had issues with like trying to stay healthy. Um, particularly China, I have a lot of trouble, like just, you know, my stomach uh, doesn't seem to agree with going to China for some reason. Um, and I wanted to make sure that if I went to Israel, there was like food that I could eat and, you know, I was okay with the water and, uh, also, I wanted to check out like the security situation to kind of um, assuage like my family. You know, I didn't want to put myself in jeopardy. And, uh, you know, just being there for less than 24 hours, I knew that security wasn't an issue. And, and uh, the food and, and the water was like not a factor either. And I knew I could get what I needed to get through the trail. And so that that made a big difference. You did the research. That's how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to do it. I mean, if you, <laughs> you got to do yeah. it. You got to do it. And and that's actually, I think, what makes the FKT movement so cool is like um, when you go to a race, like somebody else has done a lot of that for you, um, which is great. I mean, that's kind of what you're um, what you're, what you're paying for. Right. Is to have somebody that knows the area that kind of is going to put you in the best position to succeed. And they're going to take care of a lot of that for you. But when you're doing an FKT, um, that's that all that kind of. Um, uh, responsibility is shifted to the individual and the team that you um, bring on to help you with it. And so like um, my team was Kanan running with Zoli um, and Ian Corliss, and they were a big part of, you know, trying to make sure that everything went really well. Um, but, you know, you're also responsible for yourself. And so, um, you know, I wanted to make sure I had a good feel for what I was getting myself into. Right. Now, if I wanted to go there, of course, you had terrific community engagement and support. 
if someone else wanted to go there and just do it, could you do it self-supported, you know, uh, hitchhiking into town for food and water, or is the desert just too long to do that? No, it's it's actually totally um, been done self-supported before, and I actually met the guy that had the record. He came out to um, to kind of give me a hug and say, like, thanks thanks for doing this and showcasing the trail, but also, like, I wanted to kind of pass the the ring to you. Uh, it was a guy named Carlos, and uh, he he did it completely self-supported. What you can do, it's pretty awesome, actually. They they have a really good system there where you can um, get these people, they cache water in the desert. Um, so you can get GPS coordinates where they've hidden the water. Um, so you can get basically it's kind of like the Appalachian trail, right? Where you like send stuff ahead. So you could do that where you could, um, ask somebody to put some stuff out for you. Um, and then some of the trail, you know, you're in towns and stuff, so you could stop at, um, grocery store or something kind of like uh vol state, you know, the race that Laz does in Tennessee where you're kind of self-supported and you, you live out of, um, convenience stores, that kind of thing. Well, let me um, clarify one thing there. So that was very interesting. So when you you can ask someone to literally cash water for you? Yep. That's yep. interesting. I've never heard of that. And is it yeah, it's uh, really a, cool. a particular it's, it's a, website or and this is what uh, they normally do? Yeah, that's what some people do. So And so what Carlos did is he carried most of the stuff on his back. And then he would, he just had people that would drop stuff ahead for him and he could pick it up. Um, as far as the, it, that's the way I understand he did it. Um, and so you could do that and then you can kind of resupply yourself, uh, when you get to the towns, especially if you're in the north, there's a lot more opportunity to kind of hit shops when you get to the south in the desert for probably the last four or five days. If you were going, uh, north to south or if you were going south to north, that's when you would really need, um, the the caching of the water or um, somebody to be there for you. Is the water cached at like geocaching at GPS coordinates or is that like a road crossing? Uh, I think depends. I saw some that was just like hidden in bushes and wow. then other people. Uh, yeah, exactly. So like that could kind of suck if someone took your water. Um, but then other other times I've heard it's just kind of buried. And so they give you the the coordinates and then you just kind of go there and you take as many bottles as you paid for type thing. That's really interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I didn't do it, but yeah, there are definitely services that'll do it for you. And I mean, I was lucky I had, you know, people feeding me like whatever I wanted, <laughs> uh, you know, every 10 to 15 kilometers, depending on, you know, what the section looked like. Well, speaking of which, uh, you once did 10 marathons in 10 days and you averaged under three hours for each one, which is super fast. <laughs> now, how is that different than doing 90 kilometers a day? I mean, so how do these two line up in terms of difficulty or skill set? Um, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. That was, you know, what is pretty awesome is I think I did the 10 marathons about a month or so before um, I did the 10, the 10 days for the – it was basically around 100 K a day. So I think I averaged 59 miles a day. Um, so, you know, I don't know, 97 Ks or something. Um, and they were a little different. I mean, 
the um, 10 marathons, I was also um, traveling between them. So seven of those marathons were on seven different continents. So I did seven seven marathons in seven days and seven different continents. And then I added three marathons at the end uh, in, here in D.C. And that, that was at the same place. So um, it was kind of nice um, to be able to, you know, kind of finish off in the same area. Um, but it kind of gave me a feel for like what my body can handle under that kind of strain of, you know, running for 10 days. And that I was able to use that fitness and that kind of experience to kind of go into the into the FKT um, of the Israeli National Trail. Um, in between there, I snuck in that FKT on the WND trail. But I really wanted to kind of test, you know, if my body could, you know, take that impact of running for 10 days in a row and see what see what that would look like and then you know to do it pretty fast um because i knew the fkt in israel was going to be a lot slower just because there's going to be so much route finding um and also so much vertical each day uh and then the trail conditions like you know some of the trails are you know pretty pretty overgrown and pretty um technical and so like you know you're just going to be moving a lot slower than you know if you're running a if you're running a road marathon. Right. But you're okay with them both. Apparently you can do the flat and fast <laughs> pavement and you could do a little bit of uh, rough stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I think is great about our sport is, you know, you can, if you have the ability to, to persevere, you can kind of get done whatever you want to get done and use the fitness from the long stuff to make you better on the roads and, and the road speed to kind of make you better on the, trails which was so cool man buzz is uh you know by the end like there there got to be a little buzz in the israeli community because they kept seeing me like you know i'm charging up these hills and you know we're moving pretty slow but then anytime it would like get a little bit flat or a little bit of downhill you know all of a sudden i'd go from doing like six to ten minute kilometers to you know three to 430s and like so the people would be like oh no here he goes again and so you know Mm -hmm. uh, the group would like start to thin out and um you know the last couple days like um people were coming just to kind of get a get a chance to like do a really hard workout so it it became really cool you know to see people uh kind of embrace the the running fast also and and you know being there um pushing the pace and Together as a group, you know, you can do a lot more than you can by yourself. Right. Well, that's that's kind of good. Uh, if you can drop people on a one thousand kilometer <laughs> run, you're, 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 you're apparently you didn't hit a real low spot. Then did you? Sometimes you kind of hit rock bottom. I don't know if I could do this, but you felt under control most of the time. Um. No. Well, yes. Um. But there were definitely um, points where I didn't know if I was going to be able to go on. Like I think it was day um seven or eight um i was um i was just having a tough day and i think you know just doing these long things like you can feel great uh one minute and then you know the next minute you know your whole world is you know knocked upside down and um i was i think pretty far along i think we were trying to go 100k that day and I was probably around 70 kilometers, so about 40, 45 miles into it. And we came to a a point on the trail where you couldn't, it was flooded out because they had so much rain. And so we had to 
we had to wade through and it was kind of like we had to wade up to like my chest. Um, that's deep. Yeah, that's deep. I'm like, uh, six foot, six foot one. Um, so, (laughs) so it was even deeper for the guys that were a little bit shorter that were with me. Um, but, uh, my temperature dropped and it was, it was pretty hot. It was probably 70 or something, but it felt to me like it was 30. And then Right after that, we we were hit this beach called Poleg Beach where they fly kite boards and stuff. And so it's a super windy point. And as soon as that wind hit me, like my temperature dropped even more and I started like shivering and I could not uh, get my temperature back. Like, I think, as you know, is like the longer you do these things, the harder it is to kind of balance your um, uh, extreme, like just the extreme uh, fatigue that you're feeling. And so like, it also makes it really hard to kind of balance your, um, temperature. And so, uh, I'm, I was like hot, like every night I would like sweat through all my clothes and I just couldn't turn off the heat. And so for me, it was such a shock because I'd been hot for days. You know, I, I was wearing arm warmers and, you know, putting ice in. And as soon as like, I'd walk out of the aid station, all the ice would just have already melted. Um, so like to be in this state of like, I couldn't get warm. So I'm sitting there, it's like 70 degrees. I have like three jackets on. There's a crazy picture of it. Um, if, if, I don't know if you saw it or not, but like, I'm, I'm, there's people like kite serving and they're all in shorts and like no shirts. And I have like, uh, like a, uh, a, a long sleeve on a shirt on arm sleeves on a jacket like a puffy jacket, another puffy jacket, a wool hat and gloves. And I'm leaving and it's like 75 degrees and I'm shaking. My teeth are chattering. And I was like, I I sat there for like a half hour and I was like uh, hallucinating. And I was just like, I don't know if I can keep going. Um, but then 20 minutes later, you know, I put in calories during that time. And um, what what to me was so cool is this FKT really brought together like, you know, I've been doing this. um you know, professionally since probably 2001, I guess. And like over the course of that time, you know, I've had, um, you know, all different experiences, you know, winning world championships to, you know, DNFing and everything in between. And um, over those um, experiences, you learn something, you know, even in times when, you know, you you don't achieve your goal or whatever. And so, uh, I learned um, a couple of years ago during the San Diego 100 mile, one of Scotty Mills's races, um, you know, I got really jacked up in like the 70th or 80th mile. And I just kind of sat at the aid station until I felt better. And then my body was able to rebound. And I probably watched like 20 or 30 people pass me during that time. And then I ended up, you know, finishing, I think, like third or fourth that day. Um, so I know that like once I get back, I can keep moving forward. And so I just kind of used that. And I was just like, I'm just going to sit here until I feel better. And I never really felt better, but I was able to put in a bunch of calories. And once once they kicked in, I was able to kind of shed the coat and then another coat. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm running four minute K's again. And so, like, that's the that's the power of these things is they kind of bring you to your limits. Um, and that's what I was looking for. And so, like, um when I got to the end, um, I, you know, three days later, um, I was expecting to be, um, you know, really emotional and I was during that day. But, uh, I think what the coolest thing was, was like, I just felt fulfilled. Like this is kind of what I'm meant to do. And so that was, that was really powerful. 
that's a powerful photo too and description of course so make sure listeners go to the website because Ian's got a great day 11 photo of you holding the American and yeah. Israel flags and the look on your face you know it's uh that, that was oh, man. no 10k you just did there <laughs> yeah and it, even if it was they would have told me it was only 3k um, <laughs> <by> the, <laughs> and it was all downhill or flat so yeah no it was uh it was definitely one of those things where you're um you're you're finding your limits and um and then and it's you on know, your face it's it's on oh, your face man. it's a good look yeah man and and that's what i wanted to thank you guys for is like um this is this is something that you can you can do and anybody can do this i mean you can you can make your own route you can and it doesn't have to be a thousand k it can be 5k i mean it can be uh, 10k can just be, you know, doing something that you've always wanted to done do or a route that you think is cool. Or, I mean, I saw something cool that you guys just posted where, you know, someone ran from like Central Park, uh, or no, um, Grand Central Station across a couple bridges to like New York and New Jersey. And like, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, in Israel. I mean, it would be amazing if you got the opportunity, but, and something you can do right in your backyard, like the one I did before the trip. It's like the 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 trail is only like two minutes from my front door, and so like um right. and and I did it, you know, set up in like a couple days, you know. And so when you have the fitness and you want to do something, you have the opportunity. Right. It's very egalitarian in that regard. Not everyone is going to break the record on the rim to rim to rim. But people right. can find what's meaningful to them. Exactly. Yeah. And you did. And you and you also inspired a lot of other people. Like I had said, I had never heard of this. And you've informed me. I'm looking at uh, the, our page on our website. This is good stuff. The photos are good. And your story is really good. Yeah. Mike, let me, let me ask you one last thing, which I always ask everybody. What's next? <laughs> Uh, it's funny. A lot of people are asking me that. So I, I, my next FKT or my next, like my next race or my next. You can take that anywhere you want. So my, I mean, I still have like a, I, I'm going to, you know, toggle back now to doing some more road stuff. Um, so I've got, um, this weekend I'm doing some, I, I, I do like, uh, speaking. So I'm doing, uh, speaking at the Roadrunners Club of America's, uh, national convention in, on, um, uh, Saturday. And then, uh, Sunday, I have a photo shoot for, um, one, <clears throat> one of my sponsors. And then, uh, next weekend, I'm speaking at the cherry, <clears throat> excuse me, the cherry blossom 10 miler, uh, and then racing that. Um, the week after that, I have the Boston Marathon. Uh, um, excuse me and then the big sur marathon wow and then uh <laughs> yeah uh and then i have a couple projects in may and then um the broken arrow sky race in june and i'm also right now i'm planning to do a race called man vs horse which is in wales and um um but one of the next projects that i'd like to do on the fkt side is i've always wanted to run around the washington beltway um so 
Uh, that's something that I don't think you can do on the roads, but I think you could do it linking some trails together. So it'd be around 60 to 70 miles. Um, and I'd like to try to set the FKT on that. So that's something that I'm kind of just need to plan the route out. Uh, and then I've already got a couple of buddies that are said they'd be willing to support me. And I hope I could get the running community to come out again. So, um, that's, that's something that I'd like to do here soon is, uh, to try to do an FKT of the, um, Capital Beltway here in DC. And I've also got a couple ideas to do like a hundred miler in DC that I want to kind of set up. And I'm trying to see if I want to do that as an FKT or maybe kind of like a ghost race, um, where it's kind of open, uh, for like a week and then people can all run it. Um, excellent. Wow. Not only is that <laughs> prolific, but the variety from a road 10 miler and then the big Sur marathon to FKT action, you are a prolific variable and you have one of the highest stoke factors I've ever encountered. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And if there's anything that you know that like, I know you've done some great FKTs and, and you have so many cool ideas. Um, if there's anything that you think that I should take a look at, like I'm always open to that too. Like I've always seen think that the, uh, like, I think you guys did that John Muir trail. Like that always looks that's looked to me really cool. I've seen people, you know, that done that uh, really quickly. And then I thought the Wonderland Trail would be great too, um, out in Washington. I think it's called Mountain to Sea Trail, like down in North Carolina. Um, that's something that I've kind of been having my eye on, like maybe trying to do some stuff like that. I want to give the East Coast some love too, for sure. Well, uh, I look forward to staying in touch, Mike, and congratulations again on a prodigious prodigious uh, career path and on the Israel National Trail. Hey, thank you very much. And thanks to everybody for listening. And definitely, if you guys get a chance, um, check out Israel. It's it's um, everything that I thought it would be and even more. So it's it's one of the most beautiful places I've been.